You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, Doing well. Uh, Healthy life. A bit tired. Kind of a short night, but uh, early day today, we had the plumbers out doing some minor fixes from the inspection. Really, it was technically stuff that we could could have done ourselves, but because of the whole situation and everything, we had to have uh, professionals come in just for the, yeah. Did you take COVID precautions? Oh, hell no. The, the only thing that we, we didn't do was like shake hands. I mean, did you wear a mask? No, no. They did didn't you, wear a mask either. Did, oh, they didn't wear a mask either. Like oh, all no. of those people. Did you yeah. social distance? Eh, kind of. I mean, well, I mean, obviously you don't want to get too close to know. repair, man. It's not like you're going to go up and hug the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Kind yeah. Of. You're here to fix the sink. Yeah. All right. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was not, I mean, uh, really all they did is glued a pipe together in the attic and replaced an O-ring and in a valve. I mean, that's, that's all they, well, uh, that's all they had to do. All right, really. I'll, I'll, I have to, but, I have to ask, yeah. you have a water line running through your attic? Uh, so there's typically, the only reason, that's typically there's not a lot of water lines that run through the attic. It's not, it's not a, it's not a water line. It's a, it's a vent oh. that has to do with plumbing. And oh, okay. I got you. I got it's you. like hot. I think it's hot water tank vent, which is our hot water tank is gas. So yeah, I got you. Yeah. Anyway, he just put right. that together and yeah, some other stuff. So you know something, you'd stuff be proud of me. Done. Yeah, yeah, you'd be proud of me. I made uh, southern skillet cornbread today. Oh man. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh man. Sounds good. It Sounds was absolutely, and I used real buttermilk in it. Oh, it was absolutely have you, delicious. Have you ever made it with jalapenos? Cornbread with ha- jalapenos. Cornbread with jalapenos. Is this an Oklahoma thing or, or what? No, this is, uh, it's a fairly well-known thing. I I, I have I, never know. heard of that in my entire life. Cornbread with jalapenos, yeah. It, good stuff. You just add jalapenos to it. Yeah, pretty good. All right. On your advice, I'm assuming you bake it down in. Yeah. Now, Did I didn't use like any of the, I didn't use like the jiffy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't use like the jiffy or anything like that. I mean, I, I yeah, use yeah. like the actual good. cornmeal and yeah, yeah. buttermilk mm-hmm. and butter and all that stuff. Yeah, the uh, the guest we had staying here recently, he made both uh, traditional cornbread and cornbread with jalapenos. And there's there's a restaurant. I forget which one it is. No, it was um, uh, Branson. There is a we call it the fish house. And I don't know if that's the actual name, but it's right there next to Bass Pro. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, that's their at, um, you know, like when you go to Red Lobster, you get the little cheesy bread stuff. You know, well, theirs is jalapeno cornbread. That's their thing. So good stuff. All right. I will. Um, I'll take your word on it. Next time I will. Uh, I'll throw a couple of jalapenos. I'll slice them up. And, and they, they bring it out in a skillet. Like what you're talking like. Uh, now, does it go on skillet. top or does it actually do you like bake it down in? No, it's it's baked in there. Yeah. Huh. And it's just like the round slice or do you like quarter it? Uh, they, it's usually quartered. Or, yeah. Seeds so, in. Or, or smaller. Uh, depends on if you want it spicy or not. Interesting. I, I'm not. I, I'm still. I'm trying to process that in my head because you know it's it's, it's cornbread, man. It's it's, it's cornbread. You can't. You I mean, can't. it's not okay. It's not traditional in that sense. It adds a little kick to it, but it's 
I don't know. It's still good. I, I enjoy all right. It. All right. I enjoy it. So that's uh, that's the most in depth conversation I've ever had about cornbread, uh, <laughs> and with a real southerner, I might add. So I mean, that's that's quite something. All right. So I'm looking at conflicting things today. We talked yesterday a little bit about um, the Pfizer vaccine in the UK, yeah. and all of those people singing that that friendship tune out in uh, Trafalgar Square on where they can stick that vaccine. I'm seeing conflicting things about it. And the conflicting things I'm seeing now, see if you can make heads or tails of this. OK, so I came on today and I've been watching, you know, flipping through like news stories and stuff uh, all afternoon. And I found the first thing that said now this is coming out of USA Today. This is their headline. FDA issues encouraging Pfizer report. Third vaccine shows promise. OK, well, that doesn't sound doesn't sound too bad just on the face of it. Right. Doesn't sound too bad. Well, OK, now you jump over to CNBC. FDA says Pfizer COVID vaccine proves some protection after first dose and meets success criteria. All right. Not too bad. So that's their headline from CNBC. Jump over to the Jerusalem Post. And what do they say? FDA announces deaths of two Pfizer vaccine trial participants. It's a bit of a slightly different little take bit on. of a different take. Yeah. 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 Now, we haven't really been told anything about these uh, these test groups, you know, the trial groups or anything like that. As a matter of fact, they cut all this stuff this stuff out. You're supposed to have testing for an for a period of about six years, and yeah, they've cut all that four. out. At, uh, least at least four. At least four is typical. Yeah. Yeah, they've cut all that out, and you've got people coming out like uh, the head of the Robert Koch Institute here in Germany saying, "Well, we know this is going to kill people, so we need to make sure that we look at the underlying conditions of that person if it uh, causes death." Which means, translation, means they're going to blame the underlying condition. They're not going to blame the vaccine. CNN comes out. CNN makes a statement today. They, they actually say this. They say, don't be alarmed if people start dying after taking the vaccine. That won't necessarily have anything to do with the vaccine. Are you hearing the contradiction here? Are you hearing the, 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 the flip-flop? What'd you find? I, I was just pulling up the actual, uh, uh, the actual report, seeing if, uh, seeing if I can identify any kind of numbers or any of that kind of stuff. I see. So CNN, in an article on the COVID vaccine rollout, CNN says that Americans shouldn't be alarmed if people start dying after taking the vaccine because deaths may occur that won't necessarily have anything to do with the vaccine. Well, then what's going to cause it? I mean, you have to ask yourself that question. If you take a vaccine and then you fall over dead or you have a loved one that falls over dead and they were perfectly fine a week beforehand, and then you say, well, uh, OK, that wasn't the, it couldn't have been the vaccine then. Well, what else could it have been? The advisory appeared in an article titled Why Vaccinate Our Most Frail? Odd Vote Out shows the dilemma in which Dr. Kelly Moore, associate director of Immunization Action Coalition, cautions that vaccines don't work as well on the frail and elderly compared to healthy people. When shots begin to go into the arms of res- this is a quote, when shots begin to go into the arms of residents, Moore said, Americans need to understand that deaths may occur that won't necessarily have anything to do with the vaccine. So in other words, we're going to give you this uh, th- this vaccine that's that's never been tested. Oh, and by the way, it's a novel vaccine. It's brand new. It's never been used before ever. Nothing has ever been used like this ever before. Bill Gates himself says that it alters human DNA. And if it kills you, which they, they are, they're already saying it's going to kill a whole, whole mess of people. How, how is this not mass murder? How are these people not akin to mass murder? How? How on earth are these people given liability protection? Do you know, I, I made this point to somebody the other day, and this is the God's honest truth. Do you understand that we have stipulations in the Geneva Convention to stop this kind of behavior? You cannot test vaccinations on a population. We tried Nazis at Nuremberg for exactly this, for exactly this. 
She continues. She says, we would not all be surprised to see, coincidentally, vaccination happening and then having someone pass away a short time after they receive a vaccine. Not because it has anything to do with a vaccination, but just because that's the place where people at the end of their lives reside. So you see, they're going to come through and they're going to kill your your parent, your elderly parents, your grandparents. They're going to they're going to do that. That's what they're going to do with this. And then they're going to turn around and say, well, they were just at the end of their life. And 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 that's that's all there is to it. No, it wasn't this. By the way, we've got a shot for you, too. Do you want to know what happens when you don't stand up after 14 days to stop the curve or to flatten the curve? This this is what happens when you don't stand up after 14 days, 14 days to flatten the curve. That's all we signed up for. That's it. Now we're here. Now we're here because no one stood up. Do you know what's going to happen if nobody stands up now? Mandatory oh, yeah. vaccines. Mandatory, yeah. One of the things that she she goes on. Oh, she's not done. One of the things we want to make sure people understand. Now, see, they're going to tell you how it's going to be. You see that? They're, they're going to tell you. They're, they're not asking. They're past the point of asking. And, and Bruce, you and I were going over some stuff on a side note. You and I were going over some stuff before we started tonight, but it's so big, we can't get into it tonight. We're going to spend all, t- all, t- all tomorrow on it. And it explains pretty well why they're not asking anymore. And to be fair, I think it just kind of, I feel a little bit better about the stuff we do here because it just confirms everything that we've been screaming about here for the last two years, uh, which is exactly that. So, uh, but we actually have real proof of it now. Uh, And the person that put it together, can't say enough about it. Uh, Fantastic work. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. One of the things we want to make sure people understand is that they should not be unnecessarily alarmed if there are reports, once we start vaccinating, of some or multiple people dying within a day or two of their vaccination who are residents of long-term of a long-term care facility. That would be something we would expect as a normal occurrence because people die frequently in nursing homes. You see, they're getting you ready for it. They're, they're just bracing you for it. And so what's going to happen? What's going to happen? This is now going to, to kick off and they're going to say, oh, wait a minute. Uh, now they're already setting the stage. You can see it. Well, it's not the vaccination. See, it's COVID. It's it's COVID. COVID. Now they contracted COVID and now these don't work. So you have to have multiple. So you got to take more and more and more. Don't you understand? That's what all this is all about. They never admit fault. They always double down. Been saying that from the day from day one of this. They never admit fault. They always double down and they're going to double down again and again and again. They're like a degenerate gambler. They're going to keep going and going and going until you stop them. They're like a a crazed, psychopathic serial killer. They don't care at this point. They're doing it out in the open. They want to be stopped. They want someone to stop them. Serial killers and career criminals do things in the shadows for only so long. Then they start doing things out in the open. They get sloppy because they want to get caught eventually. They want someone to stop them. They just want the madness to stop. These people are no different. Different context. They want that madness to stop. They want someone to stop them, but they're not going to stop until you stand up and stop them. So you see, Bruce, this is going to be normal. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. But you know, as uh, Professor uh, Jonathan Van Tam said, as we talked about yesterday, this might not even work. We might have to continue the mask. We might have to continue the social distancing. We might, we may just have to live with this in humankind forever. So you were you were talking about side effects there, you know, and um, yeah, uh, you know, j- j- just, little side effects like death, you know, just just a small side effect, you know, that that. So the confirmed side effects, like right off the bat, just the the quote unquote minor ones. This is what I could find just quickly uh, skimming through their 53 page report. Injection site reactions, fatigue, headache, muscle pain, chills, joint pain, fever. Those are kind of the 
common common ones, which that's typical with most vaccines like this, right? Adverse reactions, however, are about four percent of the four point six percent of the participants. It was more frequent with dose two than dose one, and generally affect people younger than fifty five years of age. So, in other words, it it affects them more than the older generation, which is kind of contradictory to what the other stuff we're seeing. But things like I'm not going to attempt to try to say the scientific name of it, but it's swollen lymph nodes. That's one of the more severe reactions. The other severe reaction was uh, one patient developed arrhythmia, heart arrhythmia. Uh, again, the the ventricular arrhythmia um, is the official term, but uh, basically, uh, they said this one was a somebody that already had a known cardiac condition, uh, so typically older. And they also said somebody had a shoulder injury from the vaccination. A shoulder. So there was some kind of reaction. Yeah, there was some kind of reaction to uh, okay. triggered a shoulder injury. Here's something interesting. Didn't GP tell us that there was something connected between shoulder pain and your liver? Uh, no, it was a uh, shoulder blade close to your spine. Okay. Uh, on the on the right side. Okay. So this yeah, was, but still, this I mean, was, that's that was, was that was send shooting injury. Yeah, but that was oh, an actual injury. Okay, I was going to say it would send like shooting pain. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure what this one is all about. They're not unfortunately they're not going into great detail on any of this. But they did say that any other um, any other side effects of this is basically unknown, and we won't know it until we do greater uh, clinical trials and whatnot. So death and all that kind of stuff. This is why you know. do trials. This is why you don't rush a vaccine. This right here. This kind of nonsense right here is why you don't rush a vaccine. Vaccines are very, very sensitive and they're very delicate. You cannot rush this. There's a, especially this type. This type is literally injecting code into your cells. But you know what? If they wait, they don't have seven years. They wait seven years, they lose control. They have to do this now. They're they're out of time. Their exposure's coming. They're they're out of time. They they don't have seven years. The last four years on them has been hell enough as it is. They don't have seven years. Uh, the other thing is is uh, vaccine enhanced diseases. Now this is this is uh, uh, an ongoing side effect with vaccines. Um, as the immune system weakens, the vaccine can actually enhance diseases over time. Fauci, Fauci even said that. He even said that. He says because uh, he was flat out asked by uh, by a panel in the Senate said, what are your thoughts on when a vaccine does show up? And he says the most likely what's going to happen is it's going to, in his words, and I'm going to do this academic talk, I'm kind of paraphrasing because I, I don't have the audio of it handy. He said, more than likely what you're going to end up with is it's going to enhance the negative effects of the disease itself, meaning yeah. exactly what you just said. It's yeah, going to that, make you more yeah. susceptible. We, we've kind of talked about it offline, too, is basically the people that have taken the uh, maybe we've talked about it on recording as well. But basically, the people that have taken the vaccine that get exposed to COVID-19 uh, later could have a it's more likely for them to have a cytokine storm than if they wouldn't have taken the vaccine uh, if they're if they're going to have a reaction to it. So and to be clear, know, it's, it's kind of a gamble <laughs> for those that don't uh, for those that don't know by now. You have a 99.7% chance of beating this thing. I mean, it'd be one thing. We were kind of talking about this offline before we started. It'd be one thing if you if you had maybe 50% of people falling over dead. You might actually have me on board with that. Maybe not fully, but you might actually have me more convinced than what I am right now. Maybe even 20. Seriously, okay, if like even 20% 20. of the population was dying, I'd be like, all right. All if right, you had vaccine, people falling okay. over dead in the streets, yeah. But here's the thing. Yeah. The average person, they go out there in public right now. They're not seeing people sick out there in the streets. They're not seeing people coughing and hacking and 
Uh, well, maybe you are, but you're not seeing people that are sick that are, you know, eyes sunken back in their head and, and running a fever and a, and a mask stuck on their face. They're not seeing that. The average person, I mean, you're not seeing that. And if you do see somebody like that, odds are they're a homeless bum in the city somewhere and you're going to get as far away as possible. That's the other thing right there. The homeless population. You would think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're not practicing mask wearing and social distancing, for God's sake, unsanitary conditions in there, shared drug use. They should be dropping like flies with all this. And believe me, if they were, you'd be hearing about it. But they're not. That right there should be the ultimate Petri dish. And we're not hearing anything about it because it's not happening. But the Russians, the Russians have started mass, mass vaccinations as well. They say... Try this one on for size. They say that they're telling people that take the vaccine to not drink alcohol for eight weeks. Now, that one, knowing the Russians, though, they could be doing that one just uh they might have a bit of an alcohol problem uh, with well, all the Russians lockdowns. Russians love vodka, man. Russians love vodka. They, they love their vodka. So, uh, Russia, But that's my yeah. point. I mean, maybe they have an alcohol problem. Maybe they're just saying they're they saying do, this to get people to... They actually back, do. The, you know? the Russians, they actually do have an alcohol problem. And it's yeah. uh, like the, the Russians, I don't know if you get it, for those that don't know this, the Russians actually have uh, vending machines that dispense beer. Like we have soda machines here and people are drinking all the time over there now because it's available. Because obviously, I mean, you couldn't get too much alcohol back in the day when you're under uh, the thumb of Marxism. So now they have the free market. And of course, everybody has alcohol all the time. Why not? You know, it's a party. Hey, you know, let's let's make some money. That's, you know, the Russians have decided, hey, it's making money is a whole lot better than <laughs> what a novel idea, right? So, yeah, I, I think it's more of a I honestly I, I'm wondering if the Russians version of a vaccine is actually the traditional version of a vaccine. Yeah, but even so, even if it is, you, you can't rush it. You, you still can't rush it. You're still looking at a, at a vaccination development time of around six to seven years. Seven years, yeah, I think, I, is about the, the right time. This this current vaccine that we're, we're Pfizer has put out and Moderna, they're novel vaccines in the sense of it's completely new. This is this is totally new to us. Never right. before been done. That that alone warrants a longer research time, uh, a longer trial time than the traditional method. Bruce, you're forgetting the most important point. It's got over a 90 percent effective rate and and. It's got up to a 100% efficacy rate as well. Yeah. You couldn't have developed a more perfect vaccine in less than a year, right? Well, me personally, no. You're right. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Well, the good thing sure. is, is we may have someone from we may we may have a medical expert coming up this week on Friday, and we will get more uh, into that. But this thing about not drinking alcohol. All right. Russia's beginning mass vaccinations as well, but there's a hitch. Recipients aren't supposed to drink alcohol for almost two months. That's a tough task in a country where some polls indicate that about 25% of the population was willing to get vaccinated. That's it. Uh, Putin has heralded the Russian vaccine as the world's first, which they did have the first one, I think. I, I believe they, well, so, supposedly. Uh, and supposedly he yeah. and his daughter took it. I, I thought that was... I know his daughter did for sure, but I don't know if he did. But distrust of the medical establishment has, gee, I wonder why we have that. You know what? You and I need to go back and you and I need to dig out that uh, that vaccine summit in Geneva by the World Health Organization before this pandemic. So uh, the one in October of last year, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that? We were going through and we were listening to all that. that. Yeah. And they were yeah. actually saying it. They were sitting up there in their behind their walnut desks in Geneva and they were saying the medical establishment and the medical community and the patients don't trust our vaccines any longer. So we need to come up with a new plan. Anybody need to know what happened right after that? 
Hmm. We'll see if we can find that audio for you this week. Tens of thousands of Russians have been vaccinated, including many healthcare workers and members of the military. So yeah, you can't drink alcohol for two months. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, I don't drink anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but but yeah, that's a um, that's what they're uh, that's what they're saying. Again, I think that's just a, a, a propaganda piece, if you will, or a, of course a, a trying is. to manipulate the population more so than an actual health risk. But the the fact that only 25% of the population is willing to get a vaccine. I'm, I wonder how common the flu vaccine is there in Russia, if, if they're similar to here to where they just don't typically take it. And typically, the people that take it are um, healthcare workers or older. So what have we been told? What have we been told? Well, you get a vaccine, it's still going to have to lock down, right? That's what we're being told. Well, there's no no proof that this could even work. All right, well, then why are you pushing it so hard? There's no proof that it's going to work. Why are you pushing it so hard? Because they're out of time. That's why they're pushing it so hard. Biden says a federal, if he's elected president, it'll be 100 days of mandatory mask wearing uh-huh. on a federal level. Uh-huh. That's assuming he's going to be president. We'll see about that. California. Let's talk California. I know GP's not in here. I wish he was because there's some, there's a new report that's come out about uh, the COVID fraud uh, the, uh, in the uh, uh, the COVID relief in California. And I'd like to talk about that, but he's not here today. Maybe he'll pop in. I don't know. He, he has a he has a habit of doing that sometimes. COVID backlash reaching fever pitch in Southern California due to the hypocrisy from politicians. Is there hypocrisy going on amongst the political class in COVID restrictions? I never knew. I never wait, wait. ever. You mean there, there, there might be some corruption in California? There what? might be. There just might be. I made a bad mistake. Yeah. Okay. See, I mean, oh. that's there. There just might be a little bit of a problem when it comes to the hypocrisy of all this stuff. I mean, never would have guessed huh. the Austin, Texas mayor. Okay, he went to a um, he went to a, a family wedding in uh, in Mexico just the other day, and he gave a public service announcement from his villa. You saw it. I know you're laughing. Yeah, hey, he did, gave yeah. a public announcement on how to abide by his restrictions and stay safe and stay at home. And don't travel anywhere due to the deadly effects of COVID-19. All the while, while he's in his resort down in Mexico, enjoying a, uh, a wedding, a big wedding with family, I might add. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, of course, she, she, she's a public figure. She cares about her hygiene, right? She, she's out in public. She has, to, she has to get a haircut. She felt like she needed a haircut. And so she, uh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Ain't no haircut in the world going to fix ugly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I was thinking uh, the Muppet herself, but uh, yeah. 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 So she does that. Okay. Governor Phil Murphy, New Jersey. What does he do? Shuts down the state, shuts down dining. Then where's he at at eight o'clock that night? He's out at a restaurant with his family. No mask, no social distancing, none of it. California governor Gavin Newsom goes to the French Laundry, you know, has his uh, $300 a plate truffle pasta with his wife. The California medical, whatever he is, the advisor on public health on his staff and his administration or whatever, that is coming up with all this crackpot theory stuff for the state of California. They're all out there. The California state legislature punches out completely. They all hop on jets. They fly to Hawaii to a luxury resort to have a conference. Nancy Pelosi goes to the salon, you know, blower gate or whatever it was. And of course, she was set up, right? She She's guilty of, of falling for the setup, of course, you see. San Francisco Mayor London Breed. Love that name, don't you? It's, it's, it's a fantastic name. She is at the French Laundry a day after Governor Gavin Newsom is there. Los Angeles County Supervisor 
Uh, I can't think of what her name is right now. Uh, well, anyway, uh, we'll go over her here in a minute. I, I think it's uh, down in this thing. But anyway. Sheila? She, uh, yeah, Sheila something. Uh, I, I just talked uh, about her the other day. I can't think of her name. Cool. K-U-E-H-L. Yeah, Sheila Cool. Yeah, that's it. She voted, and it passed, by the way, to shut down outdoor dining. Two hours later, she's out at her favorite Italian restaurant in Santa Monica <laughs> having dinner. I, I believe, didn't she say, uh, I was within the safe period or something right. like that it didn't of course. it didn't enact until the next day at of like course. five o'clock or something because the virus knows exactly yeah. when it's going to take place right knows exactly when west hollywood kits in los angeles a boutique shop made headlines last week for posting pictures of covid hypocrisy from governor gavin newsom speaker of the house nancy pelosi on its windows for all shoppers to see posted pictures up there for the for everybody to see on saturday Frazier Ross, the store's owner, wanted to take the frustration up a notch. He invited volunteers of the Recall Gavin Newsom campaign to park their truck in front of his store to collect signatures. <laughs> you know, I was talking to somebody the other day out in Los Angeles, longtime friend of mine. He's going to come on the podcast as soon as he gets back to L.A. He was going somewhere else. And it'd be a pleasure to have him on. And in the beginning, he's I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a classic Democrat. And he was all for Gavin Newsom in the uh, in the beginning. And he says he remembered seeing all the uh, he, was, he told me this on the phone. He says, you know, I saw all these crazy Republicans running around saying, oh, yeah, Newsom's a son of a bitch. He's got to go, blah, blah, blah. And and I thought, yeah, OK, whatever. And he, and now, of course, with everything that's going on with uh, with covid and he's a college professor. So obviously this has affected his life. Right. Um he says, uh, yeah, this guy's a scumbag. This guy's got to go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, not exactly a popular guy. I would say probably the most two. No, I'll go three. The three most unpopular governors in the United States right now. Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, Governor Gavin Newsom of California, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York. Those are probably the three most hated governors in all of the country over there. Uh, just to clarify there. I think America as a whole dislikes those governors the most, but I'm not sure the population does uh, of those states because uh, come on, who votes did, for these people? Really, who votes for these people? Do you honestly think at the amount of election fraud we're seeing in this, everything is being uncovered that we've covered? Do you honestly think that these people really, genuinely, truly get elected legitimately? If they use the same systems to vote, no. But at the same time, we know how crazy California is. True. Y yeah, you're right. You can't dismiss that. Same thing with New York, uh, crazy mm -hmm. as that is. But you know, I spent time in New York, albeit not very much. I spent less than a year there. And you know something? New Yorkers are, they're good, decent people. And they mean well. They, they do. I mean, they're, they're a little, obviously, they're a little different from us Midwesterners. Sure. But at the same time, they still love where they come from. They're, they still are passionate about their city. They're passionate about their state. And they don't want to see their neighborhoods go to hell. And they, yeah, they want to have their business. American. Yeah, they, they want to have their businesses. They want to have their neighborhoods. They want to have uh, the things to do. They want to live their lives. They want to take the subway. They want to take the bus. They want to go to the parks and the parades and all the rest of it. They want to raise their kids. I understand. But you have to also understand something. If you're one of the people that are listening to us in New York and in California, I know we got big listener bases in both of those states, and we thank you all very much. But these people that are in office, de Blasio, Governor Cuomo of New York, de Blasio, obviously the mayor of the city, Governor Gavin Newsom, in California, Merrick Eric Garcetti in uh, in Los Angeles, the mayor of Los Angeles, London Breed in San Francisco. These people don't give a damn about you. They don't care about your businesses. These are supposed to be the people 
that are fighting for the small business. Isn't that what they say on the campaign trail all the time? We're fighting for you. We're fighting for the little guy. We're fighting for the working class. Where are they now? They're hanging you out to dry is what they're doing. So back to the hypocrisy. Quote by the uh, the owner of the establishment. He says, I heard they needed to get more, more and more signatures. And I thought, well, people are coming to take pictures of the window because he put all the politicians up there that have been hypocritical through this whole thing. So obviously we're getting traffic that wants to sign the petition. He says that his business has been booming since the posters went up and that the support has been overwhelming. I'm just trying to help small businesses to stand up to these politicians. Across the street from Kitson, Nicole Sassaman, owner of a home lifestyle store that bears her name, was more than happy to see the recall Newsom truck outside, saying that they gave her 100% support because he's destroying businesses. And I feel like we're living in Russia, which, I mean, Russia's gone through quite a bit of a change since communism fell in, in this country. They tried Marxism there for about 80 years and killed about 40 million of their own people. So they tried to do something else and seems to be working for them so far. Uh, She went on to say, I feel that Newsom is a hypocrite. And as my father taught me, hogs get slaughtered. Um, This happened to be the business owner that uh, uh, did a viral rant recently. Uh, Could be. I don't know. It's in West Hollywood. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to find the the lady's name. Anyway, she owns a restaurant. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, is this in Santa Monica or is this in West Hollywood? That's in West Hollywood. I was going to do Santa Monica here. Is it Angela Marsden? Uh, Yes. As a matter of fact, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Business owners and restaurant workers held a protest outside the home of Los Angeles County Supervisor Sheila Cool. That's the one we just talked about, who was uh, uh, demanding she votes to undo the outdoor dining ban she advocated for last week. The reason why they were particularly upset with Cool is because hours after she voted for the ban, she then went to eat outdoors at her favorite restaurant before the ban went into effect. But see, she was... She was well within the guidelines, right? She was within the safe time period. It was fine. The virus wasn't coming until 5 p.m. the next day, right? Right. Uh, right. I believe that's correct. And then, of course, it really comes out after 10 p.m., but then it st- it kind of subsides a little bit until after 5 a.m., I think. Right, right. I think. Yeah, so you're you're safe up to 9.59 p.m. Correct. And then again at 5 a.m., you know, 5.01 yeah. yeah. a.m. 4.59, though. If you step outside, yeah. then mm-hmm. yeah, you're so going to get COVID. You, exactly. You need to wait exactly until exactly five. You know what? Just to be on the safe side, 501, you know, yeah. just to be on the safe side because just, just to be safe. clocks yeah. are different, you know, every now and again. Yeah. The protest on Saturday was organized by Angela Marsden, the owner of Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill. Marsden gained national attention after she showed how her outdoor dining setup was banned, but there was outdoor dining for the cast and crew of an entertainment production company because they were labeled as essential. That's the woman was going on like 700 feet down the road. So uh, 50 feet, 50 it wasn't it like literally all they did was pan the camera over a little bit. And oh, it's wow. like right there at the end. Wow. Yeah. The Same protesters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The protesters said they wanted the ability to go to work, pay their bills and earn a living. See, that's what people want right there. They just want to work. It's exactly what I said. They just want to work. They want to have a house. They want to have a couple of cars, maybe a swimming pool, go on vacation and be left the hell alone. That's it. It's really that simple. It's really that simple. But these people want to steal everything you got. 
Every last damn bit of it. Did we, we talked about it uh, off recording as well? Uh, I believe uh, the 14th Amendment. It's in violation of their. I know they don't care about the amendment and everything, but no, they don't I care. believe it was the 14th Amendment, Section One, even of that. Just a quick little bit on it. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. That's a violation of that, like, multiple times over. You know what I find fascinating about this is that these people spent, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to finish off on this one. The woman goes on here to say, she says, I've been un- unable to work for the past nine months. I work and I'm part owner of two bars. I bartend at my own bars. And then I was doing wedding planning. Of course, weddings are out of the question now. So one day I had three jobs and the next day I had none. And there's no jobs to go apply for because it's all the same industry. It's all shut down. She said they spent $10,000 at the Oaks Tavern in Sherman Oaks to put a kitchen to put in a kitchen so they could participate in outdoor dining. This is why Cool's hypocrisy on the issue is infuriating. Not to mention the plexiglass that she purchased exactly. to do the indoor dining. Warehouse plexiglass. Yep. Yeah. We're here because she was such a driving force during that meeting to shut down dining. It's the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy must stop. This is what's the worst part about all of it. Businesses, okay, they did they did what they were told the first time around. Yeah, again, 14 days flat in the curve. It's all we need. Turn it off, turn it right back on, and we go right back to work. All you governments, every single last damn one of you, you're finished. You're finished. And we know why you're finished. That's the worst part about it. We know why you're finished. But you are such traitors to your people. And I'm talking about more than just the US here. You're such traitors to your people that you don't even have the gall to come out and admit it. I think that's even worse on top of all of it, if it can get any worse than that. But I think with the dining thing, businesses did, they followed the regulations. They did what they thought they needed to do in order to stay and adjust and and do things. Businesses aren't designed to operate like this. Restaurants are not designed to operate like this. So what did they do? They took whatever money they had or whatever they could scrape together. I don't even know how they're doing it. And they put up thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to adjust to this. And then they shut it down completely. There is no evidence whatsoever that says that this is transmitting outdoors. None. Do you know do you know who these people are in these public health departments? See, this is how they're taking things over is this. This is the new thing. They can't do this through a court, through the legal process. So they have to do it this way. This is how they're leveraging to take people's rights is this. They would take see before they would just take rights by dictatorial and, and military fashion. They can't do that anymore. That was last century. This is the new warfare. This right here. But you go through all this process and then they change, as you said, Bruce, before they move the goalposts. That's what they did here. It's the carrot and the stick. It's never enough. Never ends. And so it's not about this. Now that you're down already, now they're just kicking you and they're laughing at you. That's what it's about. So my level of anger is, I, I think if, if it was, if the top of my head was 100%, I'm like a foot above that. Uh, and I'm, I'm very well reserved and I'm very well composed. And to be honest with you, I don't know how the average person is at this point, because here I am just, you know, an average nobody, and I'm ready to come undone. Huntington Beach. Let's get over to Huntington Beach, California. When LA County first implemented their outdoor ban, Andrew Gruel, the head of the head chef and owner of Slapfish, interesting restaurant name, made it very clear he was not going to comply with the ban if it was implemented in Orange County, pointing to the lack of scientific evidence showing such activity is extremely dangerous. Again, there's nothing there. These people that are in public health, these people that are in 
uh, political office that are, are pushing this agenda. Do you know who these people are? These are losers that no one picked at the kickball game. These are people, like Marty said last night, that never got invited to the party. They have absolutely nothing. They're pathetic, sad, weak individuals is what they are. And now they have just a little bit of authority. Oh, they're drunk on that power, aren't they? Oh, they're loving it. Well, let me explain something to you. You have that power and you have it right now. But let me explain very carefully to you. You're not going to have it much longer. So enjoy what time you got left. Enjoy it. Now that there is a ban from the state for counties, if they meet certain parameters, Gruel, interesting how his name's Gruel and he's a restaurant owner. It's <laughs> strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He says that they'll press on with business as long as they're able to. He said, and this is a quote from him. He says, well, I don't necessarily know if I made a mistake by putting us in the crosshairs of whatever agency that is going to prevent us from keeping our dining open, which is, I think, every agency at this point. But as I've said on multiple occasions, we have no intention of opening up indoor dining. We agree that indoor dining is an issue, but if you look outside, we've got a plethora of outdoor space. He said being able to only offer takeout could be more problematic since they cannot control how many people customers then go eat with. He says we can offer them to eat in a thoroughly space. Yeah, in a thoroughly spaced outdoor area. That's our argument, proving that this is actually safer. And until such time we see any data that prove otherwise, we're just going to continue to serve outside. I want to open things up, but I don't like that argument. That That's taking the same argument of you can't make the your own decisions for yourself. You can't you can't look at the facts and make your own decision. Because I, 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 I don't like that argument, but I understand why they're doing it. I understand the I, I want the places open for business. And the other thing is, is there's when you look at the data, there actually is no problem eating indoors if you have it properly ventilated. If, if you have a proper amount of airflow going through there. It's no different than being outside. And this it's plexiglass, just the same risks. Yeah, and this plexiglass garbage. Give me a break with this. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. All that is is to it's to alter your your environment around you to get you used to something being different. That's all it is. It has no actual purpose. You know, I was watching the NASA launch last week, or it was a week before last, whatever it was, when they put the crew up, and mm-hmm. they're sitting there. They're, they're sitting there doing the, the post conference or whatever it is. And they've all got like these plastic things in between them. And they're like high fiving each other through them. And it's it's literally it's like, I don't know, like a car window in between them. Yeah. It's like, uh, hello, you can you can literally reach over it and touch the next person. Mm-hmm. How yeah. ridiculous is this? How absolutely ridiculous is this? It, it's it's virtue signaling. I mean, it's is, it's no different than the masks mask. It, it's yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, it's the same thing. It doesn't actually do anything. If you want to make something safer, quote unquote, for the populace, you're going to have to have individual capsules for each person that has a HEPA filter and plenty of airflow with the filters being hit by uh, UV radiation. At this point, everyone might as well be living in an isolated, static-free room at this point. Yeah. At this point. Because, listen, it's never going to be enough. Never. Right. I want to get to a uh, I want to do a clip here of uh, I want to play a clip of uh, Senator Rand Paul. Rand Paul is he's an actual medical doctor. And I've agreed with Rand Paul on a lot of things. And I obviously I agree with I think I agree with his father on about 95 percent of stuff. Uh, There was a couple of things I didn't agree with him on. But um, when it comes to when it comes to politics, nine times out of 10, when it comes to uh, bills and stuff in the Senate, Rand Paul is probably one of the least, next to maybe Ted Cruz, least compromised people. Until the other day, and I would have thrown Mike Lee in there with it, except for the fact it was his bill, the Senate unanimously voted to extend H-1B visas to foreign workers. Are you guys out of your mind? We don't need to be extending that. We need to be 
getting rid of the H-1B visas. We need to actively shut that program down and we need to make it retroactive so we can kick those people out of the country, train our people in a crash course and get them back to work. That's what needs to be happening. If you want to save American jobs, you want to fight for American jobs, then there it is. Now, the only reason that companies want the H-1B visa program is because they can bring someone in from another country that will do the same job for a third of the price. That's why they want it. Make no mistake about it. The Republicans want the cheap labor. The Democrats want the votes. That's what it's about. So if you think either one of these parties are going to be serving your interests when it comes to business, you're sorely mistaken. You're sorely mistaken. No, the, the Republicans want the cheap labor because it gets them votes. Exactly. They, I mean, yeah, they so grow it's the a, business. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's both a vote game. So, nah. Well, anyway, at the moment, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Uh, we're talking about just COVID stuff. I want to play. Th- this is like a seven-minute interview. I'm not going to play all this. Uh, I'm going to play like uh, 90 seconds of this. Uh, this is Rand Paul on... Uh, his take of uh, of the lockdowns, talking about how, I mean, these things, they, they just don't work. Senator, great to have you here uh, this Thank evening. You, you hear the desperation in these people's voices. What would you say to them tonight? You know, without question, this virus has been devastating to so many families. You know, Kelly and I lost a good friend today mm-hmm. and we're grieving from them and our prayers go out to, to their family. But the thing is, is we ought to at least still use logic to try to figure out how we stop this. I think ultimately the vaccine will be very successful, but I don't see any evidence that crowd control, hand washing, standing six feet apart, all these things they tell you to do, closing down the restaurants, closing down the schools. There's no real evidence that they're changing the trajectory of the disease. If you look at the incidence of COVID, it's going up like this. It's going up exponentially despite all the mandates. So those who say there is science just aren't paying attention to it. Look, this isn't a lack of compassion. I want people to get, you know, the vaccine. I want them to be able to avoid this scourge. But at the same time, keeping all our kids home isn't changing the course of this disease. They've studied this in four different countrywide studies. They've studied the incidence of the disease. They've studied the transference of the disease. And they've found that closing schools doesn't work. Even the socialist de Blasio is now opening schools. So now we have our governor and our state closing schools right about the time that everybody else is finally accepting that closing schools isn't working. Okay, I agree with him on pretty much everything he said, apart from the vaccine. I I don't agree with that. Him as a medical doctor, he should know that when they rush stuff like this, it causes problems. He of all people should know that. Yeah. The bringing up the vaccine thing, he's saying it's going to be widely effective. It might be widely effective in the people that take it. I mean, you know, vaccines in the past have worked pretty well on on other diseases, smallpox, you know, but this one, it's a little different. The thing that's stayed uniform in this in this virus has been the targeting receptors. Uh, there's been other mutations that it's done, but more or less the targeting receptors have stayed the same. And that's kind of what my understanding is the virus, or, or, excuse me, the vaccine is targeting as those those receptors. So it's very possible that this vaccine could be uh, effective. I'm being generous here and and giving them that benefit of the doubt. You know, I want to think that. I, I want to think that. Yeah. But when well, you got the, CNN um, saying, coming out and saying, oh, well, this is going to kill a whole bunch of people, but oh, it's not the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, but my issue here, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't concern. think people are going to take it. Concern? Man, not not concerned. I'm not concerned about it. I, well, I don't want people. Yeah, I want people saying, to take it that are, are most vulnerable, that yeah. are concerned about it. But 
the average person, I don't think it's safe enough for us to be going after. You know, they tried to do this. I, I know that you weren't uh, you weren't really aware of it at the time, but I remember they tried to do this with H1N1, the swine flu. They tried to do exactly the same thing, and they didn't have the hysterics around it to this mm-hmm. level. To this level, they didn't because they didn't yeah. have social media. So it and they they had mass media, but it wasn't available everywhere like it is now. So they weren't able to get that agenda through. And by the way, they tried to mandate the vaccine. I remember that time they tried to mandate the vaccine for hospital workers, healthcare professionals, and and all that stuff. And there was a pushback on it. And they were saying that if they didn't take it, then they would get fired. That's what they were saying then about the H1N1 vaccine. And eventually there were enough people that just said, no, we're not doing it. We're we're just not doing it. You want to lose half of your hospital staff? We're not doing it. And what'd they find out? Of course, it didn't come out until a year later. They had to destroy the stockpile of H1N1 swine flu vaccinations at the public expense because they were found to be killing people. That's and you're going to tell me this, this you're going to tell me that this is going to be any different. No, this I'm I'm more concerned that this is going to be more dangerous because it's novel. This is a new vaccine. This is yes. something we've never tested before. So I'm concerned that there's going to be very real problems associated with this. I, I just I don't believe people are going to take it. Uh, maybe if you're lucky, uh, and I'm being generous here again, 30% of the population will take it. I, I, I personally, I don't even think it's going to be that high. It very well could be. I mean, you might have all the leftists on board. You might have all the people on the left that are so scared of it. Maybe that equals 30% of the population. Maybe they'll go out and take it. But no, I, I don't think even if they mandated it, I don't think many Americans are going to take it. Even if they mandate it, actually, I think fewer people are going to take the vaccine if they mandate it. Yeah. And I tell you what, if you really want this to kick off and you want it to get violent, then start cutting off people's access to food that don't take it. Watch what happens. That'll yeah, really get well, interesting. Th- that, that'll get interesting. Or how about uh, you don't do a stimulus plan for the people that aren't able to work or, or businesses unless they take your vaccine? Well, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, what Was it Delaney? No, 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 no. Who? Uh, the guy that was running for president on the Democrat ticket this last time around, he he. I remember him saying, I can't think what it was. He said that we need to offer people fifteen hundred dollars stimulus checks to take it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. They were they were playing with that idea, and um, yeah, that's not that's not a that's not a good idea either. If you don't do a stimulus plan and then you tie it to that, you're gonna have a lot of people pretty pissed. Probably less people pissed than if you were to just flat mandate it. But here's the other the other is- issue I have with this, and we, we played audio of this, I believe, of the um, uh, British Parliament, where uh, one of the um, uh, members there was um, uh, basically saying the other issue is um, businesses mandating that you take the vi- uh, the vaccine, uh, and if you don't, you don't continue to work there. I think that's going to be something that has to be protected against. You cannot allow businesses to discriminate. discriminate. So uh, that, that that's the other thing. They're going to these airlines. I, I want politicians to stand up now and say, what well, we're not OK with these businesses mandating it. We've already seen the two airlines that have done it, Qantas and then another one out of the Philippines that have both said you have to have a either the vaccine or a negative COVID test that they should stand up and say, yeah, we're not going to allow that here. You cannot discriminate like that in the United States. That, that that breaks constitutional laws. Even if you are a private business, there are still rights that people have. See, Bruce, if you just get one of these rapid PCR tests, I'm sure you'll test negative. I'm, I'm sure you will. You've got a, you got a 99% chance of testing 
positive, I think. You have a 0.1% chance yeah. it has a negative yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, it's something like a 30% chance. Uh, really, no, like, really, it's like a 30% chance that you show up negative. All right, uh, let's end here on Governor Whitmer. Michigan governor, once again, extends the lockdown orders. Haven't you people in Michigan had enough of this yet? I mean, what happened to those people that went to the state house in the first 14 days with their guns, with the police that were out there screaming in the state house that they broke into and said, tyrants, get the rope? What, what happened to those people? Where are they? Where did you people yeah. go? What? Um, uh, what? So let me get this straight. You went home and they burned your neighborhoods down. So what? That was it. That was all it took to get you to go home. I don't know that many people are out anyway this time of year. Kind of yeah, cold it's a little, right now. It's a little cold in Michigan. Yeah. But I mean, you go into the state house, they got heating in there. You can protest in yeah. there in the halls like they did the last time. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Uh, you see those those evil white supremacists, they broke into the uh, they, they charged the door. They smashed the door open. They went into the halls of government itself and said, tyrants, get the rope. The audacity of those people. They must be stopped mm. at all costs. Yeah. And Where's Trump? So on, where was Trump on condemning the on that uh, that that racist oh, group of people? Yeah. By the way, the, yeah. the state police were standing there yeah. high-fiving the protesters, I might add. It, yeah. they, they opened the doors for them. They, they actually did. <laughs> yeah. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is following the lead of many blue state governors. Again, what is it about those blue states? What What is it about state. those blue states? Yeah, what, what is it about those blue states? We might just have an answer and for that. To, we might just have an answer for that tomorrow. The, the COVID numbers in the blue states are phenomenal, though. Like, they're phenomenally low, right? It's, yeah, it, it is it's because yeah. of all these lockdowns and masks, right? Yeah. The, the COVID isn't a problem uh, there at all. Right, right. They, they yeah. have they've completely flattened the curve. It's almost uh -huh. zero because of and all their of businesses it. are open. Well, no, they, they have no. to lock down because they're they're keeping the numbers oh. down. See, oh. yeah, yeah, right, right. That's why right. their you know, numbers had, are. You know, I had a so I had a friend of mine in Boston. Yeah, not Tavish. I had a friend of mine in Boston tell me on the phone one day, and he said, "You know, these these red states that the numbers are just they're they're just out of control." And and if you look. If you look at what's going on, I mean, the blue states, we're doing just fine. We're doing just fine. It's those red states that are that are collapsing and having all those problems. And after I got done laughing, I said, no, uh, you, you can't be serious. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, they're serious. How do you reach someone like that? I guess you don't. You really don't. You there, don't. There's there's two sides of media right now or, or two 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 facts. The, the people that I've talked to that are on the left, when you talk to them and bring up facts, they're like, oh no, see that that's disproven. Here, look at this this um, study or or this um, social media post or whatever. And it's like, but I literally just brought to you university studies and and like studies of three thousand people in peer reviewed um, studies. Peer reviewed. Well, the one study they actually won't yeah. peer review it because it's on masks and they, they right. No one will no one will peer review it. Uh, all right, Michigan but, Governor. Yeah. Gretchen, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they they won't pay any attention yeah. to it. They just won't hear it. Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer follows uh, the lead of many blue states across the nation in announcing plans to extend the lockdown orders and restrictions in that state. She said that the new extension would go on for 12 days. See, just 12 days. We just need 12 more days. That's it. 12 more need. days. That's it. Just 12 more days. Uh, and when did she institute this officially? Well, the article is from yesterday. So yesterday. So yeah. So about the, the week of the 20th. So uh, the yeah. week of Christmas is when it's supposed to lift. Yeah. And it's funny because the uh, the Germans, when they locked down on the uh, the first of November, it was just thirty days. Just just need thirty days. Just extended it another forty. Mm. Yeah, think we might have an answer for that tomorrow. Again, we've uh, now this is Whitmer, right? She says we've all got to do our part to protect one another until we eliminate COVID nineteen once and for all. It's imperative that we protect one another by doing the things we know to do. 
wearing a mask, and practicing social distancing. Seems to be a, a universal message across the board, huh? Here in the uh, here in the South, we have a different way of protecting each other and neighbors, and it usually involves um, you a know holster. ensuring no one. Uh, yes, usually involves a holster and you know looking out for each other's property and whatnot. That's uh-huh. that's typically what we mean when we look out for one another, or when you know a crisis happens, we're there to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, they can apply to a casserole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It's never about wearing a mask to protect others from yourself. N- no, that's not how see, this works. See, Bruce, they tried this. They tried an external threat. Didn't work. Now they have to make you the terrorist. You're the danger to everyone else. And that's literally what some of the politicians are saying this is, by the way, uh-huh. is uh-huh. you're a terrorist if you don't wear yep. a mask. Yep. She went on to say, our progress is fragile and we cannot let up yet. She blamed Thanksgiving, as well as saying that there would be a big increase beginning on Thursday, which was 14 days since the holiday. So see, now that the holidays, see the numbers now are going to go up because, see, it was Thanksgiving, you see. So the 14 day, yeah. Is that going to be like the, is that going to be like the the votes at four o'clock in the morning? Is it going to be the, it's just all of a sudden just going to. Well, I mean, it's amazing how those votes just came in on. I mean, they had the they had them just underneath. They had them in basements. They had where they had water breaks and they had uh, trucks coming in. They were in suitcases underneath the underneath a a tablecloth. And you you just they they just had them there. She noted that hospitals were near 75 percent capacity. What's their normal capacity? Yeah. The United States. As full as possible. Exactly. The United States. Because if the hospitals are not full, guess what? The insurance companies don't make money. (laughs) Okay. Let me put this into perspective. The hospitals don't make money. The hospitals don't make money. The insurance companies, I mean, they're going to take it anyway you got, but, or either way you got it. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me explain this. These hospital numbers they're talking about. Do you understand that these are normal hospital numbers? Mostly. They're normal hospital numbers. And let me explain why, I, why I'm coming to that conclusion. The United States has a population of 350 million. Okay. 350 million. This is just logic that I'm laying out here. 350 million population in America. At any given time, we have less than 1 million beds available nationwide. The hospital system is always running at near capacity, is my point. Always. If you had 2 million people, 2 million right now, that were in dire need of hospitalization in America, every damn bit of that health system would be overrun if you just had 2 million. Because if you required 1 million to have hospitalization, that would put the beds at capacity all across the country. I'm not counting emergency centers and things like that that they would set up elsewhere. I'm not counting that. I'm counting just the available beds in the hospital system as it is now. That's what I was going to bring up is if we were at that capacity, we would have both the hospital ships we would have makeshift uh, hospitals. I mean, we would have all kinds of uh, things, like we would convert convention centers and that kind of thing to house these people. We're not doing that anywhere. In fact, when we did it in New York, when this was happening in the first go around, they used, what, 60 some beds or whatever it was, and it wasn't even COVID related. So no, no, don't give me that it's, it's, we're at capacity. No, no, that's crap, man. And they know it. All right. Well, we can sit here and go back and forth about all this all day long. And uh, we're just, we just don't have the time. We're, as a matter of fact, we're out of time. But um, yeah, she's, uh, she's announced another, uh, another three week pause, right? Not a lockdown, of course. It's, it's a pause. It's a pause, you see. Oh, it's a pause. It's a pause. Like what Governor Kate Brown is doing in Oregon. They're not doing a pause. They're not doing a lockdown. They're doing a freeze in Oregon. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Mm. These people are sick. 
They're out of control. They're out of control. And tomorrow we're going to explain why. So you don't want to miss it. So for those of you who have not, and you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. Love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, and your feedbacks. You can follow me over there at janderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. Again, we're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening, because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 